Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View on this uh, Hump Day Wednesday on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero, joined in the studio by finance presenter JP Ong. Asia, not looking so bright, though. The SDI was down 0.2%, getting further away from that 2600 psychological threshold. That is the picture. If you're not in mainland China, you're probably dealing with a couple of uh, wobbles here and there and a few uh, declines. STI, as you mentioned, uh, Clarissa, also down. By about seven and a a half points, 2,575 is where we are resting at the moment. 597 million Singapore dollars in total value turnover and 146 stocks, REITs, and trusts that are gaining against 166 losers. So overall, the sentiment is tilting to the downside and looking more red than green so far. And when you compare that against the rest of the region, it's also fairly mixed. As we mentioned, other markets also taking a step down. The Nikkei 225 in Japan falling by 286 points, a 1.3% intraday decline. Um, we did hear that Fitch has lowered their credit outlook for Japan. Japan has also said, uh, according to a Nikkei Asian Review report, that they are expecting the economy to contract by about 4.5% for this fiscal year. Not good news at all for Japan and not good news for Japanese stock. The ASX 200 in Australia also declining by about a quarter percent. That's about 14 points down for the Sydney benchmark. There are renewed rise in COVID-19 cases and now they are on the verge, apparently, according to some reports, of declaring Sydney as a potential COVID-19 hotspot. So there's are concerns about how they're controlling the COVID-19 pandemic out there. The South Korean KOSPI swinging between gains and losses so far today. They are at the moment just down by about one point, a bit more even, but definitely not smooth, at least for the South Korean KOSPI. It's swinging between tight gains and losses. The Taiwan-weighted stock exchange in Taipei also down by about 20 points. As we mentioned, Shanghai and Shenzhen are both up by more than 1% so far today. And the Hang Seng also seeing a slight decline, about 18 points lower. So what's guiding sentiment across the world. The usual suspects as to why markets are still on the back foot uh, globally and here in uh, Singapore, the uh, focus remains on the Federal Reserve's upcoming policy decision at 2 a.m. Singapore time later on. And everybody's watching the ongoing discussion and debates on Capitol Hill between U.S. lawmakers to try and extend some of these stimulus measures. And apparently some, um, some observers have said that there are still a lot of disagreements that both Democrats and Republicans have to agree to. Keep in mind, a lot of these key stimulus measures and key stimulus support measures might expire by the end of this week. So the clock is ticking and both these sides are trying to grapple with with that. U.S.-China tensions again rising. It seems that China has now taken to calling the U.S. a bully, whereas the U.S. has continued to put out the belief that uh, China itself is is a security threat to the entire world. So, again, it seems that both sides are trying to call each other the bigger bully at the moment, and the, and the world's just scratching their heads, hoping that this does not escalate into an actual armed conflict, actually, between the two largest economies in the world. But there's also concerns about consumer demand in the United States. As we mentioned, the world's largest economy is, is large consumer-driven, there were some very concerning earnings releases from the folks at McDonald's where they showed that uh, earnings actually in the second quarter declined significantly. The same with Starbucks also, with sales falling by more than 40%. So just showing how hamstrung uh, consumer sentiment is in the U.S. And with rising COVID-19 infections there, this could lead to uh, even more uh, worries also that consumer sentiment will decline and erode even further out in the U.S. and thus send shockwaves across the world. COVID-19 cases are also on the rise. China 
reported another spike in cases over the last 24 hours. Um, we also are tracking what's going on in Vietnam because there is a worrisome resurgence in cases out there and, uh, from, from the city of Da Nang. And Vietnam has also reported that they are now warning the capital of Hanoi to pre- prepare for a potential COVID-19 outbreak there. So again, when you take this whole picture into consideration, there's not much to really stoke sentiment to the upside or stoke positive sentiment. And also when we return to Singapore, there's one thing that's also wor- quite worrisome. We've seen total unemployment here or the jobless rate here rise to 2.9%, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that is actually um, that is actually the widest unemployment rate for Singapore, I think, in the last uh, 10 years. And again, just showing that perhaps we're starting to see the actual economic reckoning from the COVID-19 pandemic as it continues to threaten a number of jobs. And frankly, this is something that leaders here in Singapore have actually warned, that there could be some significant job losses and we have to prepare for the worst and perhaps even just start to think about upskilling or perhaps looking at our future should the worst happen to our current employees? You know, uh, the, the reality of the situation is as as uh, stark as it might look, we, we are probably looking at worse numbers <laughs> as we go along. Right, right. This time, end of the year, JP, our conversation is going to be somewhat different. Well, I think so as well. And I think the other thing we'll have to coax beside that also is that many are, are highlighting that we could see some uh, firms either private or public, actually run into some debt issues and possibly run into some insolvency pressures. And if that happens, that'll be that one-two punch that will then lead to perhaps even more job cuts and downsizing from some companies. Look, it's not, uh, I don't take no pleasure in reporting these numbers and no. reporting some of these trends, but the numbers are pretty stark, 2.9%. In fact, there's an article, an interesting article in Bloomberg today, where they said that some recruiters that they've spoken to here in Singapore have actually started to cancel job offers amidst the ongoing recession and employment contracts and offers are being rescinded both to local and foreign hires at the moment. And this could just be the tip of the iceberg if things get worse. Now, hopefully there are some support measures and there are some some initiatives at least to help folks to withstand some of these unemployment headwinds or try to reskill so they can repivot into another career or into another industry once the storm passes. It's a bit of a wake-up call, I think, for many folks to get on it and try their best to at least do the best with the time that they have should the worst happen in the next coming months. Well, the government has definitely been talking, addressing this quite a bit. They Absolutely. understand the problems. They understand. And they've the been challenges. addressing this for the last uh, what three, four months, I yes. believe. They've been on pr- pretty consistent on the horn for the last three, four months. And, and you know, in from my conversation with uh, Minister K. Shanmugam, it, it's clear that if there is more of a need for assistance for Singaporeans for job losses, that uh, the government will. They haven't reached that point when they went. Sorry, dudes, you're on your own. Right they're not there yet. They're, they realize that more help might just be needed. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and I think more help is going to be needed. And the thing about this too is, uh, it, again, if more people lose their jobs, you might actually see consumer spending start to sap once again. And, and that could also provide yet another economic weight, at least on Singapore, which is already in one of its deepest recessions in memory, in recent memory. Yes. And, <clears throat> and even though my memory isn't uh, that good, I, I, I remember how painful the last one was. This might be the, one of the deepest ones in recent history. But uh, as we've seen, usually, recessions. Uh, Singapore has a habit of getting out of a recession. Just a question of when and how long this will take because it's a very unique set of circumstances right now. I think the world is facing a pretty unique set of circumstances. Yes. Different yes. responses are going to be required. And and just uh, the same lingering uncertainty. And I think and it's not a welcome sight to see some of these countries that, that, we th- that initially 
had the COVID-19 pandemic under control, starting to show signs of uh, another outbreak. Again, it's something to consider also as Singapore begins to move towards opening the green lanes with Malaysia and with other countries also, that you know, one slip-up could reignite uh, things for the worst. And uh, you know, we just have to be all on our guard, not just the government, but us as individuals. And frankly, it's, we're probably going to be masked up at least for what? At least at the uh, best case scenario, at least until the end of the year. All right, CDL. Hospitality Trust, DPS. Not a nice number, I have no, to say. No, and if you recall, last week, CD, uh, City Developments did warn that they were going to see a significant decline in their profits, mainly because of the uh, the downturn, at least in the hospitality industry. And it, this wasn't unexpected. Gross revenues for CDL Hospitality Trust actually plummeted by 44.5%, only $52.1 million Singapore dollars for the first half of the year. A lot of that actually coming in the, in the first quarter. And they've actually said that most of their properties, with the exception of hotels in New Zealand and Singapore, were either closed on a temporary basis or operating at very low occupancies from March onwards because of the strict travel restrictions. Because of this also, we saw distributions per staple security sink and plunge by 63.7%. They are going to be paying a distribution now of only 1.51 Singapore cents for the six months ended June 30 from about 4.16 Singapore cents at the same period just last year. And they've actually said there was a substantive 32.1 million Singapore dollar contribution to portfolio rental income in Singapore, New Zealand and Australia, which partially insulated CDL Hospitality Trust. But nevertheless, if from January to June, they saw net property income fall by 56 percent and distributable income plunge by 63.6 percent to just about uh, 18.4 million Singapore dollars. So as you can see, the pot from which you can draw your distributions, not exactly a very big one, is it? The CEO of their manager Vincent Yeo has said that they are preparing for the eventual recovery in global tourism and keeping faith with their long-term growth prospects. But the question is, when will that recovery happen? Because this will all depend on this very uh, significant and very unpredictable virus that's going around and has really had the world in its grip for most of this year. The hospitality industry is definitely one of the hardest hits globally. Uh, I have spoken to hotel managers on the group level, mm. where some properties in some countries have started to open to domestic vacationers and travel. And it is the concern. For them, it is an ongoing concern of what if there is an infection, because that's going to affect everything that they've put in place. And everyone is watching. I think one of the safest places you can be in right now is a reopened hotel. Newly reopened hotel is one a of the safer ones. But it, it also does highlight just how the anxiety, not just of policymakers, but business owners, you know, it's a, it's very difficult because on one hand, you're itching to reopen your, your business and try to get some income to not just save jobs, but save yourselves as well and your own income also. But you will always be running this risk. And it's not just for hotels. I mean, mm. I'm sure that restaurant o- operators right now, every day they come in and just worry, well, what if one of my staff catches it? What if someone who has it actually comes in, takes a, takes his mask off and just breathes a sigh of relief and suddenly the whole place is... There are, I'm not saying this to try and raise the anxiety. Heaven knows that we don't need we don't another need that, reason no. to raise that. Uh, so apologies to the listeners out there. We do understand that this is something that not just the hotel operators experience, but every business owner out there. Sure. But it is a risk that many feel that they have to take and they have to balance out. This goes again back to the point about op- reopening the green lanes with Malaysia. This might be seen as something that's rather necessary because it does relieve a lot of economic pressure on Singapore 
and also reopens some form of business activity with one of Singapore's most important uh, business and trading partners, if not their most important business and trading partner, Malaysia. But there are risks out there, as we've seen. You know, Vietnam thought that they had the COVID-19 pandemic under control. It took one slip up to reignite cases in Da Nang, and now they're facing a possible spread again. Can you really keep everybody fully shuttered in as we wait for the disease to pass or for a vaccine to come out? You know, there have to be, there must be measures where you can you can take, where you can partially resume some operations to make sure that the pressure subsides. But you're always running that risk, aren't you? We only wish that that, you know, that, that folks are careful and that things go smoothly for folks because we don't need another reason to be anxious in these times, right? No, 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 absolutely not. Now, I don't know how anxious uh, Singapore Airlines is, but they've got uh, an update coming at the close of trading today. Is that, that is correct. They yeah. are going to be providing a business update later on, as we know, as you know, um, uh, so we, the SGX has allowed or has has moved towards a, uh, a semestral or a, or a half yearly report reporting for uh, Singapore's uh, mark um, c- companies but generally they do provide quarterly business updates mm-hmm. so just the, the top line figures and just sure. some of the highlights there um, according to some analysts who cover Singapore Airlines pulled by Bloomberg they are expecting another hefty quarterly loss because they have continued to fly a very tiny fraction of Singapore Airlines um, usual number of passengers keep in mind that last year they already for the first three months at least they recorded a net loss of about 732 million Singapore dollars in from January to March, which was triggered also by some of those fuel hedging losses and uh, driven by the collapse in demand also. And they and some feel that the net losses, at least, um, according to Bloomberg intelligence analysts, they feel that the net loss could widen to as much as 1.2 billion Singapore dollars for the quarter through June, and that revenues could slump by about 87% because we're, it is still operating at just 4% capacity at the moment. Keep in mind that it's, uh, that Singapore Airlines has moved to a liquidate at least uh, venture Knox Scoot uh, um, uh, uh, re- recently, but they will also possibly incur some a hefty amount of liquidation costs. So these are some of the things we're going to be parsing through later on, and also for up on whether or not they plan to restart or expand some of their flights or resume some of their flights moving forward. Um, the global aviation industry feels that things won't go back to normal at least until 2024. So a lot of things for Singapore Airlines to worry about. A, managing things during the crisis and B, how they're going Recovering to return to recovery it, yeah. once we get past the crisis. But again, if we don't have a marker as when the virus is going to leave, it makes it very, very difficult to plan. That marker keeps moving, by the way. Yeah, and that marker keeps moving every every day. It's uh, Every day. Dizzier than dizzier than a cha cha. You know? Well, this is why I watch baseball, not cha cha. And on that note, <laughs> this has been Market View on the workday afternoon. I'm Clarissa Montero, joined in the studio by JP Ong. Um, he will be back on prime time to present more finance and market updates. Stay with us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.